professionals. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Caleb. And I'm Kat. Yay. Um, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, medical marijuana today because it's, it's interesting. I'm going to go over um, just basics, super, super basics of kind of a little bit of the pharmacology of three main compounds that are in cannabis, uh, as I understand it. Which are? They are THC, CBD, and CBN. So THC is tetrahydrocannabinol. Mm-hmm. It binds to CB1 and CB2 receptors found in the nervous system and immune system, respectively. Um, then there's CBD, which is cannabidiol, uh, which doesn't bind or it doesn't bind very strongly to CB1 or CB2 receptors, but it influences the binding properties of THC and higher concentrations. This is according to what I found on Mm -hmm. uh, various websites and Wikipedia. Uh, Higher concentrations of CBD cause THC to have higher affinity for CB1 receptors, which are found in the nervous system primarily. Uh, And it can act to mitigate the disordered thinking and anxiety caused by like high concentrations of THC. Mm-hmm. And it is USDA approved. I thought this was interesting. It's USDA approved for uh, the treatment of two rare forms of epilepsy, which is Lennox, Lennox, Gastaut syndrome, and Dravet syndrome. Dravet. Dravet? Okay. Uh, though it should be noted that CBD, just like uh, the anticonvulsants usually used to treat these disorders, does not stop the seizure, only the associated convulsions. Mm-hmm. Um and then CBN, which is cannabinol, it binds to but has lower affinity for CB1 and CB2 receptors. So it can, I guess, kind of act like THC, just not as, not as uh, strongly. Um, I'm going to have an article written about this on the website. So if you go to the website, it is jeremycruzphotovideo.com. And because I've had people ask me how to spell my name, it is J-E-R-E-M-Y. C-R-U-Z-P-H-O-T-O-V-I-D-E-O dot C-O-M. Uh, and go up to the top. Oh, I never knew your name was spelled that way. I know. Uh, it's amazing. It's, it's, like, it's almost like there's only one way to spell Jeremy in English. Um, go to the top right-hand corner and click on articles, and there will be an article about this at some point. Uh, I don't know if it'll be posted on the same day as the website, but... We have some questions because Kat's not just sitting here to look pretty. Um, so from your perspective uh, and what you've read and heard, how do you think or how, what do you know about cannabis um, that makes it such a promising clinical drug? Okay, so I don't even... Uh... I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you have enough time for that answer and if I could even come up with all of that off the cuff, but it's a great question because there's a lot. Um, So what I want to do is say something about what you were reading. Um, What's present for me is that when you write the article, when when you finish publishing it, rather, um, make sure that you cover the cannabinoids. Make sure you cover things like CBN and CBA and CBC. Make sure you're really getting into those. Um, Why? Okay. Because interestingly, one of the benefits that cannabis has had in my life is it has offered 
a calming effect. It's offered soothing. It's offered healing. It's offered um, at a time that I can remember specifically, I think I was about 19 years old. And it was the first time that I had, um, I was in a car with my girlfriends. We were in college. I might have been 18, but they gave me some marijuana to smoke. I was sitting in the back seat and it was probably some Jamaican rags or some Mexican rags back in the 90s. That's pretty much what you got if you lived in Florida. So anyway, um, the effect that the first hit had physically on me was so noticeable. Emotionally and mentally, I started to experience relaxation and open-mindedness and calmness within minutes. You know, the uh, probably the bag of weed that they had had been sitting out, getting air, you know, getting light, getting sun, right? Oxidizing, um, degrading, yeah, degrading, and so that lends itself to what I'm suggesting to you is, in particular, CBN uh-huh. is very therapeutic. And in terms of anxiety disorders and in terms of me personally working through anxiety as like a terrible, um, I mean, it was a terrible time at that age that I can remember. Um, it was the, it was like I had found peace. I had found a source of medicine, um, finally. And I had been dealing with anxiety from the time I was a small child. So yeah, I, uh. There's a lot to say about what happens to the marijuana plant after it's harvested, after it's dried and cured, and after you have it in hand. What you do with that flower actually has a lot to do with how it's going to affect you later. What what compounds are evolved and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, the degradation of the plant once it's harvested has everything to do with your experience. Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was interesting. In doing research, um, I found out that THC, like, or uh, cannabis, like raw, if you will, doesn't actually have a lot of THC in it. It um, decarboxylates a, a parent compound when you burn it, so it actually evolves the THC as you're burning as you're burning it, which I thought was cool. But apparently, you can do that by just curing it with curing it, or just like heating it with hot water, or steam, or something. Yeah, you can also boil it. Yeah, for a little bit. So. Um, yeah, let's make sure we cover that in yeah. the written piece. Yeah. Because there's some interesting stuff going on chemically. Yeah. Yeah, it's super interesting. It's super complex, which is why we're not going into it here, because there's just not enough time. Um, well, this is, after all, not a chemistry lesson. This, Yeah, yeah. the article will have... I'll probably break up the article. The first part of the article will be, like, what all of these compounds are and kind of a little bit of the pharmacology and metabolism and all that sort of stuff. And then it'll be like, okay, well, why do you care? You know, like, what do these things actually do for you? And how do you get a hold of them? So, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to not focus on that here. We're going to focus more on the questions. Um, So yeah, this is, this is, I knew that this was a really hard question to answer when I wrote it. Um, Ask it again. But uh, yeah, so, you know, from what you've heard and read, what do you know about pot? or I keep saying pot, I mean cannabis. If I say pot, I mean cannabis. Um, That makes it such a promising clinical drug. Yeah. So there's definitely enough clinical studies available to us um, that we can look to science. 
And I also want to say that I don't rely all the time on science for the direction I might take in my own personal life. So I think it's pretty clear that if you just look around you, um, the benefits of cannabis are everywhere. Um, You know, turn on Viceland, you know, watch watch TV, watch a couple of the shows, watch the cooking shows, you know, Um, watch the 2020 um, show, the Dateline shows where, um, you know, doctors like even Dr. Oz has openly spoken about the benefits of cannabis. Um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta has openly talked about the benefits of cannabis. You know, we've got people, um, people in Hollywood, like Morgan Freeman, Olivia Newton-John, Melissa Etheridge. I mean, there's people who, Willie Nelson, you know, people who openly talk about cannabis as a positive, you know, a positive plant. Yeah. Right. There's there's so many benefits. And that's just we're just touching the surface right now. Just but if you just you know, there was a a wonderful show on about a child. They did a case study with one of the children out in Colorado who had epilepsy and his family moved. You know, I think it was from New Jersey because their right. son, you know, had so many um, convulsions and seizures, you know, every day. There's hundreds, there's thousands, I should say, not hundreds, there's thousands of children right now being effectively treated with cannabis. Right. And and the, the quality of life, I mean, the difference that it's making for these families, you know, just look around, you know, let's maybe not rely so much on what the doctors or the, the scientists or what the, the what's going to come out of the laboratories. I mean, we're, we're human beings. We talk. Word of mouth is... Right. Yeah. You know, it's effective. It's effective. Yeah. And, it, and it's it's the word. It's it's our it's what's happening. And I really think we're the best, the best doctors of our own bodies. I don't think anyone knows your body better than you do. So. Right. Yeah. I think the I think one of the main reasons doctors are probably not prescribing this is because there's not a, there's there's not stuff that says definitively that this thing is going to work better than a a USDA approved SSRI or something like that. I should feel they're not prescribing it because it's not not, as widely medically available in a legal sense across the country. If I'm not mistaken, it's not legal for them to, it's not legal for them to prescribe something that isn't USDA approved. Doctors are pulling from what they're allowed to pull from. Yeah. I mean, your doctor is not going to be like, you know, you depressed, do a little cocaine. That's illegal. Right. And I don't even know if that would help depression, but that's just my go-to thing. Yeah. Oh, here we are. So, oh, I like this. This is a nice little map of where it's legal. Oh. So currently we're at 29 states where we're medically legal. Oh. And um, very happy to share with you. I might as well. It's poignant. Um, just a few days ago, Congress passed the Farm Bill. So we are going to... What that will do, as soon as Donnie Trump puts his little John Hancock on it, um, what that will do for us is a lot. Um, so making hemp legal, what does that actually do for us? Growing hemp in this country, um, it's a material, you know, it, it, it offers material goods, but allowing hemp, you know, to prosper in this country, that will make the availability of CBD oils and hemp oils, you know, it'll be just abundant. And we declassify it as a schedule of one drug at the federal level with this farm bill. And 
all of the North Carolina farms, all of the Kentucky farms, the South Carolina farms, you know, Tennessee farms, where hemp had traditionally been growing now, these farms can reopen, jobs are created, you know, it's just the industry is going to blow up. In the next, and we've already seen it since 1996, California was the very first state to legalize medically, but since 1996, I mean, we've just seen such growth potential. And now with the passing of this bill, you're really going to see the industry open wide. Yeah. People what legally. is happening? Sorry. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Someone's walking around in the attic, so I'll try to remove uh, some of that noise. But Santa's elves might be up there already, <laughs> clearing a path. I know. All right. Should we move on to the next question? All right. Um, so. Do you have any concerns as far as abuse, dosing, contraindications, or side effects for the medical or for the medical use of cannabis? There are not many, but yes, I will say there's certainly one concern. In fact, I deal with this myself personally. Um, I would, for some disorders and for some conditions, um, i.e., anxiety or paranoia or any kind of mania that you might be experiencing. You want to stay away from the high concentrations of THC. So you definitely don't want to be smoking a bud that, you know, has high levels of THC. Find yourself a nice mild hybrid or get yourself an indica or get yourself that's just well balanced. But make sure you read the percentages and that it's coming from a place where it's, you know, listed on the bag. Right. You know, if you have conditions, if you have, if you're amped up or you, you, you have hyperactivity or you have mania or you, you know, you're feeling irritable or agitated and you smoke marijuana or you take an edible that's very high in THC, you could find yourself rather paranoid and rather tight-lipped and rather isolated and rather angry, even confrontational or hostile. So you do, yes, you want to consider certain things, right? Yeah. That would be one of them. That's just one, but... Okay. Yeah. No, no, like, known drug interactions or anything, like, other medical drug interactions or anything like that? In my experience, I've never not... I've never, not once, heard of a person dying from an overdose of marijuana, and I've right. certainly not heard of anyone, um, you know, reacting with any other medications or anything like I, that. I'm sure there's medications, yes, that you wouldn't want to. It smoke reacts with, with alcohol. Yeah. Oh, alcohol yeah. exacerbates the effects, yeah. particularly the negative I'm ones sure like loss of cognitive function and mm-hmm. motor function. There's it just makes everything. Harder to deal with, right? So yeah, but it makes the effects stronger. Yeah. There's a website. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I don't remember what it's called. I think it's literally drugs.com, and you can look up all drugs. Oh yeah, drugs.com. And yeah. you can see their interactions with each other, and it has a list from mild, moderate to severe. Yeah. The interaction between marijuana and air cannabis and alcohol is um, moderate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. I would consider prescription medications. You know, you got to have a huge caution light when you enter that arena. There's heart medications, blood thinning medications. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, some antidepressants, SSRIs, MAO, MAOIs. You, you probably do not, you know, want to make yourself a cocktail, you know, of, of pharmaceuticals anyway. Yeah. Right. And then right. if you go ahead and, <laughs> you know. Put- THC or CBN or something on top of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The THC would be my concern. Yeah. Of all the cannabinoids, 
the THC. I, I would be considering, yeah, the effectiveness. Yeah. All right, so you kind of touched on this just now. Uh, how do you feel about like the stigma that surrounds cannabis, both medically and recreationally? And I don't know if we'll kind. I don't know if we'll get into this because this is kind of a nebulous topic, if you will. Uh, how would you change the public perception? Oh, that's a great question. How do we all change the public perception? I think doing. Just doing, being and doing changes. You know, yeah. you, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. Right. You can't just sit around and wait for it to all just look the way you want it to. So if, you, if you're proactive about it, then talk about it and be genuine and be authentic about that. And if it's, you know, if it's a, if it's stigmatized for you or if it's a negative thing for you, well, then say that too. But if everybody was just kind of in their space and in their place and honest about who they were, I think you'd find out that there's a lot more people in this country that are proactive about cannabis than not. Yeah. And the stigma that existed, and it still does, but it's in certain circles that that stigma exists. Um, it's less. It's it's becoming less and less every day. It's getting diluted. Yeah. It's it's going to dilute to the point of complete diminishment. It's mm-hmm. just taking time. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like with everything, it takes time. Right. You know, we're a different group of people today that sit here and have this conversation than we were when I was, you know, your age. Right. Right? Okay. So 20 years ago, the conversation would have been quieter and maybe not on a podcast. Well, for probably definitely not on a podcast, but you know, we wouldn't be as open that we wouldn't be sitting here with a magazine in front of us with pictures of medical marijuana. Exactly. You know, and you know, you, you look inside the magazine and you know, you can read an article about Ricky Williams, you know, NFL football player who everybody wanted to ostracize and, um, no. He uses it to treat CTE, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, he's not the only NFL player that benefits from the use of cannabis. Yeah. And I guess that kind of makes sense. It's anti-inflammatory. CBD oil was a savior for me following my most recent um, car accident, which... Um, I suffered a serious head injury and a concussion with that. And I had post-concussive syndrome for about 10 months after that accident. Um, I can testify to the effectiveness of CBD oil in terms of inflammation. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. It's yeah. a godsend. And the medications that they prescribe me in the hospital, all the doctors will prescribe for injuries, you know, similar to what these NFL players are experiencing. They get concussions all the time. They get head injuries all the time. They bust up their bodies out there all the time. We could do an entire episode on uh, NFL players and CTE. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> CTE is terrifying. What are their options? You know, painkillers, morphine, cyboxin, Percocets, Percodans, right. you know, muscle relaxers. But all of these have side effects, terrible side effects. Yeah. So if you had the option to take something with no side effect that works, yeah? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's a valid point. Um. So what do you think about the media's coverage of cannabis? I think they're getting better. 
Okay. I think I think that they're because well we are getting better again. This is the doing piece that I was just talking about. Look at these um, grassroots groups of people getting together, starting their own, you know, TV stations and publishing stations, and you know everybody wants um, reality TV today. Everybody seems to want that. Everybody wants like a piece of reality TV or to be in it. Yeah. But getting on TV today is a thousand times easier than it was 20 years ago yeah or even 10 years ago i think that's because people are moving to online platforms nowadays um yeah tv's really hard to get onto now well in terms of a screen i guess maybe i'm not saying it right so let me maybe go back a bit not television in the traditional sense of tv right people can get on a screen yeah like what's behind you right there people can they can appear quite easily right we're all connected in a way that we never have been so the coverage now again we're not relying so much on news reporters anymore we're actually looking to each other right and so they have to keep up Right. So I think they're getting better. I think ultimately media coverage is, they're starting to get enlightened. Like, maybe we should really, you know, talk about this for what it really is. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, How do you feel peer pressure influences people's use of of, um, cannabis recreationally? Peer pressure influences people in just about every arena of their life, okay? I bought a car once because of peer pressure, right? Yeah. Can you think of one thing that you've ever done that wasn't drug-related that was because of peer pressure? And I gotta say, I'm probably tired of even hearing those two words being put in the same sentence. You're a kid, you're growing up, you're around people, they happen to do something. If they play ball, you play ball. You know, right. if they sew, you sew. If they cook cakes, you cook cakes. If they smoke weed, you smoke weed. It's like anything else in our culture. And, um, you know, people ask that question about it being a gateway drug. Is it, yeah. is it the yeah. gateway to other drugs? Yeah, it probably is. So is alcohol. Right, right. Because they're both drugs that are readily available. They're easy to get and they're cheap. And if you feel inebriated and you feel good and you get some relief from alcohol or from marijuana, then you probably are going to want to try some of the other stuff that all the people are talking about. (laughs) I mean, you know, this is human nature. This is a natural kind of like progression of things, right? Right. If you put some food in front of me, right, you put an appetizer in front of me that I've never had before and I try it. Oh, that's pretty good. And then you bring the main dish out. (laughs) Right, exactly. I'm probably going to try the main dish, too. Yeah, yeah. The app was good. So kind of, you know, I want to look at it like that. I don't want to use these, like, old antiquated terms. I hate to put her down, but it's the Nancy Reagan era terms, okay? It's the terms of the 80s. It's the say no to drugs war, right? The whole movement. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah. Exactly. You remember the egg in the pan? Yeah. Yeah. And you remember the, the... the commercial, remember? The father walks in the room and the guy's, you know, where did you get this? And the father's like all down on his kid. His son is like 16. And his son yells back at him, I learned it from watching you. You know, you know, we, we have all these campaigns and these like propaganda ways, these media ways, right? Those are the ways of the 80s and the 90s. Right. Yeah. So you just asked me, what do I think about media coverage today? You know, yeah, it is getting better. 
because we're not trying to scare people into the direction that we want them to go. You need to inform people. Let them make their choice. Let people make informed choices. Ah, what a world that would be, yeah? Yeah. Give them all the information and let them make their own choice. Wow. (laughs) Revolutionary. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I put that one, I put that in there because I, I, I kind of I share the same opinion, and I kind of just wanted to hear hear what you had to say about that. I think that there's peer pressure and and cannabis use, like you said, I don't think should be talked about in the same circles. I mean, if you're peer pressuring your, you know, if you're pressuring your peers to do something objectively terrible, then that's a bad thing. But cannabis isn't objectively terrible, so. Um, so I think we're good. Oh, oh, never mind. I was just going to say, uh, no, no, just, just forget it. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, I was going to say, it, it kind of relating to what you said a little bit, or at least what I, my thought or feeling on this is that like, what is pressure anyway? Like, what's the difference between pressuring someone and not pressuring someone. Is it saying, hey, try this? Or is it saying, oh, wow, this is so good? Those are all things that could make you, like, you know, if you're offered cannabis, you're more likely to do cannabis than if you're not offered. Is that pressure? Or if you see someone else doing it, you might feel a pressure to do it. Um, I just, like, at what level, what level is considered Pressure versus encouragement. There you go. Yeah. Pressure versus encouragement. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Well, you're bringing something present for me. There was a time where I was encouraging you, and you could also say I was pressuring you, to do life coaching. There was some professional life coaching that was available at the time. This was a few years ago, and I was very gung-ho about getting you involved in that. Do you remember? And you could say that was pressure, and I would call it encouragement. Mm -hmm. And you could encourage someone, and people will stand up in this forum and this seminar, and they'll say, you know, I didn't come the first time, the second time, the third time. It was like the ninth time that my friend asked me to come to this coaching seminar, and I finally agreed to come. And then they're happy about it, and they're, you know, Glad that you didn't give up on them. Yeah. Yeah. So pressure in that sense is it's something good. That, it's positive, mm-hmm, right? right? It leads to things. Like it's someone taking you by the hand and saying, you know what, you're having trouble getting here on your own. Let me help you. Right. Right. Now I could argue on the other side of the fence and say that's all I was doing to my friend with marijuana. My friend was anxious and wasn't sleeping and was staying up until all hours of the night. Right. And sick as a result, having nausea every day, not eating. Right. And so I said to my friend, you know, I have some medical marijuana and it can help you with those things immediately. Would right. you like to try that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. The thing the thing that comes to mind is um, kind of like a like a biology term, which is selective pressure in terms of evolution. A selective pressure is anything, anything that drives the evolution of a species whether it is driving the species to uh be whether it's selecting for the presence of a gene or the absence of a gene it doesn't matter it's pressuring that species 
to survive, to evolve, ooh, to evolve in order to survive. So I think I just, yeah, my, my, my real point was just I don't really jibe with the term peer pressure just because I feel that all interactions are inherently pressuring or manipulative in some form. All Any form of interaction between two people is going to involve a, a power dynamic or an influence in some sense yeah. in some way somehow right always yeah if you have peers you're going to be pressured by them yeah unless you're going to be pressured or they're going to suggest mm-hmm. that you do certain things or don't do certain things that's the natural yeah, ebb I, and I feel, flow yeah. of of groups right if it's, you're a peer then then applies you're in a group of peers if you have peers you're in a group that's the natural climate of groups right group mentality it's we're going in a direction let's all go together it's like a herd mentality yeah so in instead of peer pressure being the productive thing i think it would be more productive to talk about how should we interact with our peers in a way that's more helpful and less harmful because there's definitely i feel like a way that you could be interacting with someone that could be harmful and pressuring right and then there's the other way that we were already talking about the encouragement and stuff how many good things have you done because of peer pressure right exactly I started the podcast because because my friend group and I were like, we should start a podcast. And I was like, eh, that might not, that might not. And here we are, you know, this is our 21st episode Ooh. of the podcast. We can drink. <laughs> yes, the podcast is old enough to drink. <laughs> can you think of one thing that peer pressure led you in a positive direction? I can think of one recently. I can too. Uh, let me go first so you can stew on this, Caleb. <laughs> um, I joined the swim team when I was in middle school. That was a positive experience, but it was because of peer pressure. It's not something I would have done. And I went and tried out for the softball team. Would have never done that if my peers hadn't pressured me to come with them and do it. You yeah. know, there's definitely some, uh, yeah, they're all over the place. There's there's wonderful, wonderful benefits. Okay, Caleb, you seem like you're <laughs> lit up over there. <laughs> Well, I got I got strong armed and <laughs> bullied into getting my license. So. <laughs> Yay, <you're> Hallelujah! <laughs> you oh, a driver. That's definitely positive. You a license driver. And I was so pressured because I was definitely actively saying no, no, I don't want to. Let's not. Yeah. And then I was forced. <laughs> It was good. It's good because now it's good. And it was easy. <laughs> it was. It was easy. <laughs> and it was. It was much better than my anxious brain was telling me about. Sometimes yeah. you're your own enemy. Maybe you should. You should think about the internal pressures that you face too. I don't know. Yeah. Too much. Th- this. This one question for me unfolds no, no, let's several keep, no, podcasts. No, no. Yes. Let's talk about interesting thing. Fuck the paper. Fuck the words and the rules. <laughs> Let me reset the camera first. Though. <laughs> So bottom line, is there enough scientific evidence to support cannabis as a potential treatment option, or is there more research to be done? Oh yeah, it's there. We've got it, we've got what we need and want. Now it's all about just kicking the politicians in the ass until they accept yeah, the scientific sure. no, consensus. It's, it's, that's all it is. It's just the bureaucracy and the, the money and the lobbying. And yeah, um, you had made a point earlier 
and I thought about the lobbying, about why one was over the other. You know, um, we're in the works. We're on the way right now. Um, if you've been politically charged or watching politics recently, you can clearly see from the general election that there's going to be a swift shift in government. Yeah. And it's, we're on, you know, we're on it. We're, we're, we're moving on the conveyor belt right now. The Democrats, the Democratic Party is, you know, bold right now. Okay. They're fierce and they're yeah. coming back and there's going to be, the impact is already being felt. And um, what's going on in Washington right now with the president and his, oh my gosh, with everything surrounding him right now, and I won't get into the details of that, but you are right now in the middle of, of a, a movement that's history <laughs> in the making yeah. and it's a huge movement and it's the change is now, it's right here, right now. So um, there's plenty of science out there. There's plenty of clinical evidence yeah. that this is a good thing. We've just, like Caleb said, we've got to get the politicians to get off their asses and start doing what the people want, right? Yeah. That's what they're elected for. They represent us, right? Right. And, and, the, and the only thing that I should ever hear, really, from any politician is it's what the people want. Yeah. And so if you look at the majority of Americans and you look at what's happening across the country, states are legalizing left and right. This is the direction that we're in. And thank God for that. Yeah. It's been long in coming, so. Okay. I think, I think regardless of whether or not there is research to, to support cannabis, the use of cannabis in medicine, which there is, research should still continue. I mean, obviously. It, there's still do, people labs are still doing research into drugs that have been used for years they're used they're researching them uh, long term you know what can these things what can the long term effects of the use of these things be on people and what new things can we use them for or how can we adjust treatment plans for the use of these things so yeah from that I, from that standpoint I think that research should continue we shouldn't just I mean, we don't, humans don't do this anyway. We don't just get somewhere and we're like, okay, we're there, move on to the next thing. We we keep asking questions. That's the human nature. Yeah. Also, uh, what was it? QI. I heard on QI, uh, it's an interesting talk show, um, that something like, what is it? Every Every 10 years, this seems too short. For a certain amount of years, 90% of accumulated, or 60, or some high percentage of accumulated human knowledge will have been rendered obsolete and, in fact, incorrect. So things yeah. which people believe to be fact now, right. in 100 years, most of what we believe now to be fact will have, in fact, been rendered not a fact anymore. Yeah. If we go by the pattern of our progression of knowledge up until this point, yeah. which is that our knowledge is, is constantly just being things that I mean, things that, that structure our entire world, the beliefs and things that we that we base on, you know, the consensus 
changes a lot. The consensus is not the same as it used to be. And people can be cocksure and be like, oh, well, you know, we are the most advanced we've ever been. And we know now and we have the answers now. But really, we have we have some answers and those answers may or may not evolve over time. So that's just reality. The um, the longstanding history that yeah. we have with cannabis as a medicine, yeah. it's seen right here. If you just look into American history, I mean, you just look into how we used marijuana as a tonic right here um, until the prohibition laws, you know, took charge. We were using cannabis readily, regularly. Um, you could have walked into any pharmacy in 1900 and... Uh, and if you had nausea, if you had headache, if you had dizziness, if you weren't sleeping, if you had irritability, nausea, I mean, I, I could go on. They would give you a marijuana tonic. It came in a bottle. It was the liquid. You know, um, you'll have to look more into the history of marijuana as medicine, certainly in this country. But, you know, they found evidence of use of marijuana, you know, 5,000 years ago in China. Uh, marijuana has been used um, since the beginning of time. I mean, it's it was it's na it's organic. It's from the earth. It grows. Why do you think it does that? And why do you think we have receptors in our brain for it? Yeah. If we weren't there's supposed whole, to use it. You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy. I always do that. You've. <laughs> You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. Happy listening and have a nice day. Thank you.